Many years ago, ToughPigs.com began a great tradition of arguing about the Muppets on the internet. Now, Tough Pigs has assembled a team of Muppet experts from all over the world for a summit on the state of the Muppets. This is the Great Muppet Fandom Panel! Hello and welcome to the winter 2022. Uh, uh, oh no, are we doing this again? Come on! I have my little show. Quiet! <clears throat> Thank you. Hello and welcome to the winter 2022 edition of the Great Muppet Fandom Panel from ToughPigs.com. This is a panel discussion show during which you'll hear highlights from the Henson headlines discussed by a panel of the internet's top Muppet experts. If you're looking for the latest Muppet news hot off the presses, you're in luck. You can read our website for that, but that's not what this show is. It's just a big picture overview of what's going on with the Muppets explained and debated by a new panel every time. It's sort of like a quarterly report, except a quarter would be 25 cents, and this is four people giving their two cents, which makes a total of eight cents. And that's how math works. Am I fired yet, Joe? You're, you're, we're going to double your salary. Thank you. Each of our panelists has brought a discussion question for us, which could be about anything related to Jim Henson or the Muppets, but we expect our main topics will be Muppet appearances on TV and streaming, and Fraggle Rock's holiday special, Night of the Lights. Let's introduce the panelists. First up, when it's nice and bright and it brings delight, let your heart choose Julia Gaskell. Aw, hi. That's, that's really lovely. Thank you. They get hi. worse. They get worse. <laughs> uh, next, also from toughfigs.com, it's true, wherever you find love, it feels like Louis Perlman. Aw. <laughs> this is very nice. <laughs> Thanks for having me, JD. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. And finally, of course, a Toughfix co-owner. Tis the season to be jolly and Johannes. Thank you, but I hate Christmas. So can you do can you do a Hanukkah one? <laughs> what Muppet song would you like me to do for that, Joe? Uh, you know the famous Hanukkah Muppet song about mm-hmm. Hanukkah. Uh, nope. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, and I'm JD Hansel. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's begin with a fairly <laughs> obvious icebreaker. Have any of you been rewatching interesting Muppet productions or puppet productions this month? I did give uh, the vinyl soundtrack to Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas a spin while I was decorating with my partner the other day, and it was really, really nice to listen to it. And I believe that I have that vinyl because Joe got it for me on Record Store Day, uh, one of the days. And you know what's funny, Louis, is I also listened to that same record while we were decorating our Christmas poll. <laughs> and what's extra funny, I didn't listen to the vinyl, but I did watch Emmett Otter's Drug Band Christmas while I was decorating the Christmas tree the other night. So apparently that's the one that screams Christmas for all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And nobody watched Mr. Willoughby's. <laughs> I, what a I watched come in close. I watched it last year. I'm not watching it again this year. <laughs> it is now time for the Great Muppet Question. Panelists, are you ready? Maybe. Great! This episode's great Muppet question is, what do you think the Muppets would be doing now if their creator, Stan Lee, was still alive today? <laughs> this is a serious question. Why are you giggling? 
Well, you know, I think that the the MCU, the the Muppet universe, would like be wrapping up their their third phase, where we saw not only like the Muppets take this big epic like movie, but we saw them join forces with like the Fraggles and Sesame, and it was this huge box office smash. And now they're they're going into phase four. They would be going into phase four, where they would be doing TV shows and movies on more obscure characters. We'd get like a George and Mildred team up sitcom that like would get a lot of flack online and people would like see the Annie Sue movie and be like, "Ugh, this is woke <laughs> media being made. And you know, that kind of stuff. I would assume Stanley was still around. Would they call, <laughs> would, would people call Annie Sue a Mary Sue? Oh, a hundred and ten percent. Absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> That's two episodes of this podcast in a row that mention Mary Sue's. I think. I don't know. Someone keep a tally of that. But was Annie Sue mentioned in the last episode? No. Okay. <laughs> no. It's it's as if these uh, podcasts are hosted by the same person or something. <laughs> oh. Last time it was Ryan. I take no responsibility for that. Yeah, it's... I was going to say it's almost as if it's just, you know, a podcast full of, like, geeky folks who are familiar <laughs> with the phrase Mary Sue. True. Joe, do you have an answer? What What do you think uh, the Muppets would be doing now if their creator, Stan Lee, were still alive today? Oh, gosh. Well, if Stan Lee was still alive today, I, I think that he would finally get around to creating a comic or, or TV show or, or probably three or four separate film franchises that are based around one of his most famous, yet actually pretty obscure characters. Um, uh, this is from um, Muppet Babies, actually, his, his famous, uh, Stan Lee's famous yeah. um cartoon Muppet Babies. Um, this character, I mean, they appeared in literally every single episode, and I feel like nobody talks about him. Um, and he has potential, I think, to be a household name. Um, he's my favorite Muppet, uh, probably yours as well. Uh, it's that sp- it's that Spider-Man that lands on top of the Marvel Productions logo at the end of the credits. Mm-hmm, Let's see mm-hmm. what that guy could do, right? That, like, silver Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. He's silver. Yeah. My, yeah. He's silver, He's, he's definitely my Muppet. favorite Muppet baby. I, I know because this is for tough pigs, we can get away with doing some deep cut jokes. But once we're doing more obscure characters than Mr. Curly Twirly Joe, no one's going to know who that is. I'm not sure that that's going to make it into the final cut. We'll see what my producer says about this. Okay. Maybe. Uh, well, first of all, I'm your producer. And oh, I say darn. it's terrible. Cut this entire segment. Okay, great. No silver logo Spider-Man. I'm, I'm vouching for him. <laughs> I have an answer. I mean, b- before Stan Lee died, he was doing a lot of boob-centric work. So I'd imagine that the Muppets would be doing more work that was just kind of all about boobs. Good. Which, oh uh, yeah, which I'm not really into. So maybe I'm kind of glad that he's gone, you know. I don't need any, I don't need a lot of, you know, Muppet humor that's just, like, all about boobs, personally. <laughs> Not really my thing. So, I yeah, mean, that's that's what I think they'd be doing. When you said that, I just imagined all the Muppets with, like, giant racks, and I really did not need that image in my head. And that's what I'm hoping our listeners are imagining, too. Okay. See, I was Merry imagining... Christmas, everybody. <laughs> I was imagining that the Muppets would themselves be boobs, or rather that the boobs would be puppets. Oh. I'm not sure if that... (laughs) I don't know if that's better. (laughs) Joe, this is a family show. Nobody can see what I'm doing. All right. (laughs) 
You know, I think it's time for us to get to the news. Uh, but before I do, I'd like to remind everyone that we're not covering all the Muppet news on this show. This isn't a weekly updates show, so if you're looking for that, listen to another podcast. However, if you'd like to stay up to date on everything happening in the Muppet world as it's happening, you've got to follow toughpigs.com wherever social networks are sold. You don't have a choice. Resistance is futile. The Muppets have been getting some cool little TV appearances that we appreciate, like Animal presenting an award at the Game Awards on December 8th. Plus, uh, Sesame Muppets at the Rockefeller Plaza Christmas Tree Lighting. A highlight from the past few months, however, was Muppet Night on the Masked Singer on October 26th. That's right, they built a whole special episode around Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, Uncle Deadly, Animal, Crazy Harry, and the Snouts. Am I I pronouncing that right? Is it Snouts? Is there an agreed-upon pronunciation? Does anyone care? Dave Gold says Snouts. I think we should say, if Dave Gold says it's Snouts, it's Snouts. Yeah. Good. Good. I like to think it's a combination of the words snout and mouth, because that's most of what those puppets are. Yeah, that They're would make mouths. sense. Yeah. yeah. And and I believe it's something about a cow as well, because of the horns. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're very, yeah. they're obviously cows. I mean, come on. <laughs> there are levels to this. I mean, every, the, he's just getting interrupted by those cows every time he sings that song. Anyhow, this premiered too late for us to talk about in our first episode, so I'd like to talk about it now. Uh, They opened with Kermit singing Rainbow Connection and the judges joining in with him, uh, and then they pepper Muppets in throughout. Piggy sings a few seconds of Manamana. Kermit plays a little bit of Bohemian Rhapsody on the piano for a robot, a perfectly normal show. How do we feel about this, gang? What a sentence. Speaking for myself, I have never seen The Masked Singer, and when I saw this was going to be something we talked about, I was like, well, I guess I need to like read a recap, and I assumed Muppets Night implied that the contestants were going to sing Muppet songs, and yep. was very disappointed to see that it's just Kermit singing Rainbow Connection, the song we've seen him sing a million times, and then everyone just kind of sang their own stuff. Does um, Kermit know other songs? I don't think he's ever sung another song, and I'm an authority on the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, he could always pull out being green. No, 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 Julia, you're mistaken. He's only sung the Rainbow Connection. Of course, how how foolish of me. Yes, but Julia, you're you're 100 right. I think we all got excited about, especially because we've been complaining about the fact that Kermit's only sung Rainbow Connection for for a couple of years now, and we were like, oh great, like Muppet Night, we get to hear all these classic Muppet songs, maybe some obscure ones, maybe some songs that like someone sang on the Muppet show. It's not technically a Muppet song, but we know, wink, wink, you know, it's on the Muppet wiki already. But uh, yeah, it was just like that one. And I mean, I guess Bohemian Rhapsody technically is a Muppet song now, but I did um, have that thought, but I don't, I feel like that's not why that song got chosen. No, it's definitely not. Um, and uh, like even to start the whole thing with Kermit singing Rainbow Connection with a bunch of people who I really don't want to listen to sing Rainbow Connection. <laughs> yeah, the because, like, I'm torn of the panel. <laughs> about, yeah, I'm torn about this whole idea of like, I don't want to hear Kermit sing Rainbow Connection as much as he currently does, but also I don't want to hear humans singing it. So I guess nobody <laughs> should ever sing that song again. Or just give it a rest. Yeah, I think I, it's just, it's overexposure more than anything. Take like a two-year hiatus, you know, focus on some other songs, and then when it comes back, people will be excited for it. Did did any of y'all actually like watch the episode? I watched it today, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, you know, and I enjoyed it. I thought that there were a lot of moments that were pretty genuinely funny in the episode. And also... 
Mass Singer, I've seen a few episodes here and there. It's definitely nothing that I really follow, but it exists in such a bizarre kind of garish, uh, surreal world that the Muppets actually fit quite well in that world. Mm. So I thought this was yeah. a good a good match uh, of aesthetics, which I appreciated because um, I do often feel, and I think we're going to talk a little more about this later, that recently, especially the Muppets have been shoehorned into these projects that are like these reality show projects that are just like in no way the right fit for them. And it's like very confusing to have them there, in my opinion. So... This, at least, I felt had a little bit of life to it and also allowed the uh, perform- Muppet performers a little bit of uh, ability to improv off of the human the human panel. And That's I good. especially thought Eric Jacobson was really killing it uh, this episode as Miss Piggy. Like, I thought he was very funny and, and like, the, uh, you know, Miss Piggy, this is a good role for her, actually, that sort of commentary role was really, it's a smart, it's a smart match for her. Yeah, I could see Piggy doing really well on, like, any kind of judge panel, because that's a lot of what she does to begin with, and so that's that's good to hear that it seemed like maybe they, they had a bit more fun with it than they have with uh, some of the other programs that, as you've said, they definitely just have kind of been shoehorned in. Yeah, yeah, like oh. there there was a joke that Miss Piggy had uh, with one of the singers, the the robot, where Miss <laughs> Piggy literally said, oh, "Wow, she's so talented. That's so wonderful. That must be me under the helmet. I don't know how they're doing it, but it's me." And I felt like that was a surreal enough joke to really <laughs> land, and we haven't heard actually such a weird joke from the Muppets in a while so I appreciated that and then she like stuck to her guns and when they were trying to guess the robot at the end she like insisted it was her under the helmet which I thought was pretty funny Uh, one thing I was really disappointed with about this episode uh, was it's actually not something that was in the episode itself but I'm really disappointed in my mother because she watches (sighs) this show religiously and she did not call or text to be like did you see that there were Muppets on Mass Singer? Did you see that like even when they were doing commercials they're going to be doing a Muppet night? We haven't spoken a peep about this <laughs> and uh, I don't know what she's thinking. I don't know why she's keeping this to herself um, because she's definitely thought about it she definitely was like Joe should know this but she decided not to bring it up to me um, Maybe, but maybe she serious- assumed you already knew about it I mean, she right, probably did. And, and, this and, is the thing. And I did. As, right. As, right. But, as Muppet fans, how often do we get the message from a friend or a family that's like, hey, did you know that they're making a new Muppet thing? And it's like, yes, I found out two years ago. Yes, exactly. And yeah. so yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe this is a sign that your mother is very considerate, Joseph. Did you think about that? <laughs> well, I brought her on this podcast. She's going she's oh, gonna to okay. explain herself to the pub no she's not here um oh. but uh but in all seriousness like I, I it didn't make me think about the last time the muppets uh were on the mass singer when kermit was one of the surprise uh contestants and mm-hmm. like that was done so well where like i remember getting texts that night of like oh my god the snail was kermit the frog and i'm like what are you talking about are you yeah, having yeah. a stroke does it smell like toast uh <laughs> So, I mean, you can't um, pull that trick twice, though. No, you like, can't pull that once, twice. So, once you've done the, the joke thing. of you, you unmask what you think is going to be a human, and it's Kermit the Frog. Like, right. what, they're going to do it again, but this time it's Mr. Curly Twirly? No, you only get to do so, it once. 
But but here's the funny thing is um, a few months, maybe not even a few months, but like a, a bit before this episode aired, uh, I heard from someone uh, at Muppet Studio at Disney, hey, we're going to be doing Miss Piggy at, on The Masked Singer. And I'm like, you're not allowed to tell me that, man. <laughs> like, that's supposed to be a big <laughs> secret. You just you just said it. You didn't even say off the record. You just told me. And like, I just assumed at the time, of course, that Miss Piggy was going to be one of the singers and thinking exactly what you said. Like, you can't pull that trick twice. Especially like back to back seasons, that didn't make any sense to me. But mm. uh, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I, I'm glad to see that they came back to the show. I think to Louis's point, like it does feel like a very Muppety thing to do. Um, but I do wish that we could recapture that magic of, oh my gosh, this this singer has been a Muppet all along, <laughs> and we didn't know until until this very moment. Uh, Louis, you already touched on this, but I did want to circle back to um, your discussion question for this week. You wanted to ask the panelists about more or less this topic, right? Yeah. Well, I I think it has to do with prepping for this episode and watching two very disparate examples of the Muppets making guest appearances on these sort of reality slash variety type shows. And I'm wondering in general, do you guys think that it uh, helps or harms the Muppet brand for them to be guesting on these types of shows. I mean, I think that it can definitely help when it's done correctly. I remember back when they were promoting the Muppets in, gosh, 2011, the the movie that came out, you know, they they did a stint with Jason Segel on SNL, and I remember thinking that that was absolutely great. Uh, To this day, my boyfriend will talk about how much he loved seeing the Muppets on uh, his on WWE, you know, like I think that when it's like the, it feels right and you can tell like the people want them there and it's a good fit, I think it can be a huge help. But often a lot of these things that they've been popping up on, I I don't know. I like I'm a huge Muppet fan. And I don't feel like I want to watch it because it just feels like it's going to be awkward to watch and it does it's not the right fit. And that does feel like a hindrance because then it just you know, we the Muppet fans who want to show up to watch them don't really want to watch these things that we know it's not going to work as well than the people who are watching those things to begin with are also just confused about why the Muppets are are guesting on that week's episode. So it's like it can go either way, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's such a double-edged sword, you know? Um, like, we want to see the Muppets more, but we also want every bit of content to be terrific and... Apparently, that's not really possible. Um, and, and like like you said, you use the word shoehorn. Like sometimes the Muppets are shoehorned onto shows where they aren't able to be funny or entertaining or there's not enough time for them to do a, a whole bit. It's just Kermit the Frog standing there nodding or whatever it is. So They usually do a little better than that, Joe. Well, we're going to talk about Rainbow Best in Show, Joe? Best in Snow. Oh, well, okay. He sings Rainbow Connection and then he stands and nods. His two okay. most favorite things to do. All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, you know, uh, this is a complaint that uh, related to a complaint that I've had over the years where when the Muppets have in the past decade or so uh, done a new project, something that's that's big that they own. It's almost as if Disney feels like they have to reintroduce the Muppets to everybody. 
You know, it's it's like, okay, the Muppets have been away for a while. We had them in the drawer, but here they are. The Muppets are back. And people go, really, those guys? Or they go like, oh, thank goodness that Fozzie Bear is back in my life. I forgot that he existed. And by having them in these special or in these TV shows or, or whatever it is, like making these tiny little micro appearances, at least it makes it so that like when inevitably Disney Plus says, great, we've got a new TV show starring the Electric Mayhem. We don't have to be like, okay, and the Electric Mayhem are these characters called the Muppets. And like, you should go back and watch this old movie from 1979 to like figure out who they are and blah, 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 blah. So at least, at least it gives us like that little bit of a push so that um, people will remember them before we give them the good stuff. This is not really like a reason for them to continue doing exactly what they've been doing. Like in a perfect world, they would be on every single TV show that ever exists that's ever recorded, but they would be doing it in a way we were like, Oh my God, every single time they're on TV, it's gold. But that's not, that's not happening. How much could the Muppets possibly control that? Like there, I mean, is the real problem here? Oh, this sounds cynical. The death of media at large? Like, is it just that the no, shows no, no. that are available to them are bad, or do you think that there are better options? Do you think there are better places they could no. go where the producers will be like, we know what to do with these I, characters, it, let's give them funny stuff? The problem is, uh, and, and this is me putting on my, my media professional hat, Great. it's in mixing IPs. It's the idea that um, there's a TV show or something that already exists. They have their own writers. They have their own voice. And they're being told, okay, now Kermit's going to be on the show. What's he going to do? And they have to work with a different set of writers who are working at Disney who knows how Kermit should sound and trying to come to an agreement that just makes sense. Forget it's fun and entertaining and clever and original. Like, they're just trying to figure out a way to make it exist in this world. And that's already such a huge hurdle that, you know, we're, we're you know, mixing oil and water for almost all of these. Yeah, you know, um, I'm going to be the guy who's going to say that I think that, like, this does have to do with the di- with the Disneyization of the Muppets, the di- Disneyization of, of the Muppets. Like, something that Julia said that really rang true to me is that the appearances that stick out to her and her boyfriend are their appearance on SNL, their appearance uh, WWE. We were just talking about how their appearance on Mass Singer was was moderately successful, you know. And one of the big benefits to the Muppets is that they're puppets that occupy physical space, which makes it much cheaper for them to interact with live action actors comparatively to a lot of other Disney properties. So they trot them out. But I don't think Disney has a real handle on like what the voice of the characters is and really what the characters should be doing. And I think we're seeing that we've seen that time and time again. You know, there hasn't been a lot of good projects really since I would say Muppets Most Wanted, which I thought was great. It's been a while now. And so what we have is we have something, you know, like I think that these two examples of um, Best in Snow (laughs) and um, and Mass Singer are like a really good contrast with each other. Like Mass Singer works. It's for a more broad audience. It they were the Muppets were allowed to play a little more adult and a little more sophisticated, which is the way that they were conceived initially. Yeah. And then we had this uh, reality snow molding competition mm-hmm. that really just served as a way to hype different Disney properties, right? 
So like one of the other snow sculptures that they did while I was scrolling through it today and watching parts of it was Groot and Rocket Raccoon, right? Who are, it, it would be much more difficult to have a guest appearance by Groot and Rocket Raccoon on that ch- cheap-ass Disney streaming um, snow molding competition that was so saccharine that I have to go to the dentist tomorrow. You know, too many cavities. So instead, in trots Kermit the Frog, who they're writing as this like absolute milk toast every man who's like <laughs> you know maybe I could be the mayor oh, and it's like <laughs> so boring for him to be doing like his initial appearance in that is him being like well I I had to you know fly here and then trudge through the snow but I met these nice penguins and it's like <laughs> it's like this character has been robbed of his soul for his appearance on this show and that's really you know ultimately it's like it's like why have him on at all and then it's going to give people a real misconception actually about how sharp and funny and what makes the Muppets so fun and and quite magical actually you know well and and to bounce off of of that it's like there, there was an easy solution for them which was have Kermit show up and the contestants don't know that he's going to be there and then that way, it's like you're relying on Matt Vogel's improvisational skills, which are pretty good, yeah. and the excitement of, oh, my God, it's Kermit the Frog. And, like, you know, it doesn't have to be this, like, tightly scripted thing. And, the, the like, you watch that clip, and the contestants are like, well, hi, Kermit. What brings you here? Like, they, like they're not... <laughs> they're not actors. They're not having fun. Um, and, uh, and, like, that takes advantage of, like, the, like you said, like, the Muppets take up actual space in the world like take advantage of that kermit king just pop up behind a a brick wall and people go holy crap it's the real kermit the frog and then they start crying and then like then we we make fun of them a little bit from home but we get it we would do it too you know well i mean i I feel like i feel like the four of us would know more than anybody like uh, you know, crying in front of Muppets, <laughs> like, you know, it's sort of our whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think that's a really, really, really good point. You know, one of my favorite things about Jason Siegel's interview process for the, the Muppets when it came out is he talked about doing this press tour with Kermit and going first to these reporters around the world, doing his interviews first and then, um, you know, Steve Steve Whitmer at the time putting on Kermit to do it, and that Jason Siegel started predicting when the, when the reporters would start crying, <laughs> and that's such a good point that like um, it's a very visceral emotional reaction to seeing a Muppet in person, and they totally didn't use that for the. Uh, for that for that special yeah definitely like all the contestants were like oh it's kermit this person we've seen before who exists in our world it's like they were seeing like the grocer at the store you know? well, like and, totally and to, take away to the replace, specialness of kermit as a character yeah and to replace like that that, that improvisation or impromptuness or whatever you want to call it with something that's like not just scripted but poorly scripted like they just—they dis- decided they made the decision that what they would write was very dull. Yeah, well, you know, when the Muppets aren't allowed to really be on the line, uh, they're not 
really very fun. That's the thing because the Muppets aren't for a, a, a young audience; they're for families, and that means that there needs to be a bit of a bit of an edginess to them. Um, and that's probably why the WWE appearance and the, uh, the SNL appearance probably worked a little better for them as as characters. Mm-hmm. So what I'm gleaning from this is when yesterday I googled best in snow and saw a bunch of reviews that and I and I just didn't I was like I don't have the mo- that much time so I'm just not going to watch this. It sounds like I made the correct decision. Good call. Um, oh yeah, Good call. it was uh I didn't watch all of it Julia, but I yeah. found it pretty painful. <laughs> well, yeah, based off the reviews what I saw, I was like, okay, so it sounds like this is pretty bad also like when we got the email of like the things that we should be at least like casually familiar with because we're going to talk about in this podcast episode i was like i don't even know what best in snow is i had i'm i'm on disney plus like at least every other day watching stuff and i mean maybe i've just scrolled past it um and just haven't registered it at all but Disney did not promote it, and maybe because it's it is just kind of like a filler holiday thing that they threw together really quickly just to make the content to get people watching. But yeah, it nothing I saw about it sold me on it. Um, the the host is it's Titus Burgess, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Who I yeah. I really I really like as a person. I think that he's hilarious. But even he wasn't big enough draw for me to check it out last night. Yeah, and yeah. he's given a lot of garbage to do as well mm-hmm. that's upsetting for him. So Kermit's not the only one who suffers in that special. Yeah, because when he's used correctly, he's amazing. And oh, same yeah. With Kermit, same with the Muppets, yeah. He's, and so, he's lovely, yeah, of course. That's, yeah. that's disappointing to hear that that's how Kermit's appearance turned out for that show. Yep. So I, not surprising, unfortunately. I think that this whole thing was probably supposed to be a TV show. That's what it looks like to me, is that it was is it going not a TV to be. Show? It's, it's it's a, a one off special. They yeah. merged what was clearly oh. supposed to be a TV show, where like I on episode three or something, Kermit would show up. But instead, they just stuck it all together into one ninety-seven minute thing, and it yeah. would be oh. much more understandable on network TV, where a few episodes in, you you know, run up promos beforehand that are like, this episode, Kermit shows up. Like, that would make sense. Instead, you go a ways through before, out of nowhere, Kermit is just there. He just walks right in. It makes no sense. And then he does spend the whole special in Bean Bunny fashion asking what he can do to help, which feels <laughs> not fair to Kermit the Frog. And there is one point at which the hosts, there is one point at which the hosts ask, oh, can you sing and dance? Which is real interesting because that establishes a reality in which they don't just, they're not just casually familiar with Kermit the Frog. They don't know that he's a celebrity or if they do know he's a celebrity, they don't know what for. Yeah. That's actually a really good point because I think some of the more successful appearances that they've had in other projects especially stuff that's with hosts and that like that sort of format is when they're like this is the world famous celebrity kermit the frog who we've seen you know what i mean like they really revere the characters and then it's sort of this kind of parody of how celebrity works in general you know well kermit you have so much experience in the entertainment biz and they're talking to you know a cute little puppet like that's kind of the point right so i think that's really i think that's really smart yeah it's like what (laughs) 
In theory, I really like the idea of going back to The Muppet Show is a crummy show. The Muppets are a crummy group of entertainers that nobody really cares about or respects. And I'm always torn whether I want people to treat Kermit like crap and like nobody and like who are you or whether they want to whether I want to see him treated the way he was in that first appearance on The Masked Singer where everyone's like, oh, my gosh, can you believe it's Kermit the Frog? Like, I I don't know what I want, but I didn't really need him to be uh, in this show where uh, Titus Burgess plays the mayor of a fictional Christmas town in a snow globe in a stop motion Christmas special. That's so wild. I really thought that it was like I thought it was a a competition show with like several episodes and that Kermit was just like the guest judge or host on one episode. That's okay. Well, that also equally just does not sell me on watching it at any point. There was a, there was also this weird thing where like Kermit is, is gradually getting undressed through the special. Mm -hmm. Did you notice this? We're like, he's wearing, (laughs) no, I'm just, you know what? I'm not going to explain that. I'm just going to let that thought. No, (laughs) don't don't explain that. Was it, did Shane (laughs) point that out on Twitter? I feel like that was one of his operations. (laughs) The first time he shows up, he's wearing. The the audience of this podcast, the listeners imagine Kermit doing a a sly strip tease as this special goes on. Very slow. A 97-minute yes. striptease. No, he <laughs> starts out wearing, like, this, like, parka. I, I, it might be the one that he wears in Letters to Santa. I don't know. I'm not going to watch that to remind myself. Um, and then <laughs> later on, he comes back, and he's just wearing the scarf, which is my favorite Kermit holiday look, where he's <laughs> only his neck is cold. Um, and then he comes back at the end. He's completely naked, like classic Kermit. But then, like, he kind of jumps off screen and back, and he's wearing clothes again, but it's a different outfit. Well, he, he's uh, wearing, I, I believe, his Muppet Christmas Carol outfit. Sure. Who cares? But, like, <laughs> but my point is, is that, like, knowing how these things work, with the exception of the scarf, it's probably, like, three different Kermit puppets, right? Like, don't they kind of, like, attach them? There was no reason to do any of that. They could have just had <laughs> naked Kermit, or they could have had scarf Kermit, and it would have been fine. <laughs> As it stands, they do make a joke near the end about how uh, Kermit isn't wearing clothes, which is the first time any joke about that has ever been done with the Muppets. What an innovation. It's <laughs> true. It's never wow. happened. Um, so <laughs> speaking of Muppets and random Christmas things, uh, the Muppets recently did an interview hosted by, uh, how, how do you say his name? I forgot to write this part down. Brett Goldstein? Brett, Brett Goldstein. Goldstein, yeah. yeah. Yes. Talk for the 30th anniversary of Muppet Christmas Carol. It's like a full 21 minute long interview in which Kermit and Piggy have to give the usual answers about, you know, it was great working with Sir Michael Caine and all that. Uh, Is he a sir? I think. Am Mm -hmm. I misremembering that? Great. Good for him. Then the other two, Gonzo and Robin, get to play around for a bit and Robin gets to be adorable and Gonzo still thinks he's Charles Dickens, which (laughs) for me is very funny in Muppet Christmas Carol. Pretty funny, but a little concerning at D23. And once he's once it's in this context of he's being interviewed 30 years later, I'm I'm genuinely concerned for Gonzo. Like from from here on out, is he are, are we only getting Charles Dickens? Has Gonzo left? <laughs> is this it? I don't think you have to worry about this, J.D. <laughs> okay. Uh, any th- uh, this this was not in the prep materials for this show. But does anyone have any thoughts about this interview? It's delightful. I mean, I think finding out about Brett Goldstein's love of the Muppets over this last year has been a joy since, you know, most of us know him as like a very angry, profanity-laden man from Ted Lasso. And so there's 
something I don't know that feels really like pure that he just so genuinely is one of us um and yeah I liked you know getting to see him interact with them and yeah it's just you know it's a nice video is it bad that I didn't watch it <laughs> I mean does that make me a bad Muppet fan no I haven't finished thing. it yet I, I don't I think anyone about, here has finished it yet. You're fine. I, I watched about five minutes of it and stopped. And this is not because it wasn't good, although it was weird that like he's he's asking them a lot of questions about this movie that only one of the puppeteers was actually there for. Yeah. Uh, but uh, even beside that, uh, you know, it, it's like over the past year, like Julia said, it's been fun to see Brett Goldstein, like, you know, become more and more famous and to talk more and more about his love of the Muppets and like he he's done this and he's done uh, he's been on Sesame Street and like he's kind of like being invited into the fold um, and you know like this this is one of those weird things about like running a Muppet fan site that I can't like you know separate my own uh, uh, expectations uh, for myself from stuff like this where like I see you know, oh, well, he got a, a hit TV show, and that's why he gets to interview Muppets. It's like, <laughs> I want to interview Muppets. Or, or or vice versa, where it's like, I've been actively trying to, you know, get in touch with Brett Goldstein, because I w- would like to interview him about his love of Muppets. And he's now officially far too famous for us. So as of right now, there are no plans for us to interview him, and I don't know how I would get in touch with him, because he has two Emmy Awards and he's in the Marvel universe, you know? Uh, so, yeah. like, a part of me is, like, I watched five minutes of it, and I'm like, I just can't sit through another 15. Like, I, I get it. I, I had to kind of stop. And that's a, that's a me problem. I recognize that. Uh, and I just got to get over it. That's all. So much of Muppets Twitter went wild over that video, so we do have to watch it at some point before this episode comes out. <laughs> we'll get angry messages. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> um, come on, Muppet Twitter. Have a heart. Uh, since we're talking about all of these uh, really cool Muppet appearances and all the cool new ways to watch Muppets, I want to uh, segue to Julia's discussion question, which I think is really neat. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like a, a silly thing that my partner and I just like have spent the last year talking about. So in 2020, oh my God, what year is it? Okay, 2021. <laughs> time what is time anymore um we got muppets haunted mansion and ever since then we've just like had these discussions of what would be the next special based on a disney theme park ride that the muppets could do that's such a fun question that's awesome my my boyfriend steven who makes many guest appearances in my christmas articles where i make him watch uh muppet specials he's never seen before is like dead set on watching wanting a uh big thunder mountain one um (laughs) he wants because he's like really focused in on like crazy harry blowing stuff up and you know the fact that there's not too much of a story that you could and you could kind of like expand on that and i was talking with him last night because i always feel like i go hard on like the matterhorn for some similar reasons although in talking with him i was like the Tiki Room could really probably use a relaunch, oh, yeah. a rebranding, and that maybe like the Muppets could like I don't know the the pup the birds yes, are essentially Sam the Eagles Tiki Room. Yeah, you know, um, they just make a lot of bird puppets and maybe make some more I don't know friendly choices with uh, who's doing the voices of those birds than from like the '60s or whenever that ride was created. So yeah. So, so the pitch here is not another special like Muppets Haunted Mansion, except now it's Muppet Tiki Room, but rather changing the theme park attraction no, to no, be no. Muppets. No, no, no. It is the special, like just. 
that that led into me ranting about the tiki room right itself Fair. um but yeah like a big thunder mountain could just be like i always th- thought the matterhorn could be a good setting for like I don't know if they wanted to do not necessarily a Christmas special, but like a winter theme special because it's snowy. There's a, mm-hmm. a Yeti who maybe they teach the lessons of Christmas to, um, something like that. So I've I've done a few things already uh, on Tough Pigs that are kind of related to this. One, a few years back, I did um, an article. Uh, it was like a two-part article. One was like the real history of the Muppets at Walt Disney World. Not the special, but Muppets in the park, Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other half was things that I would like to see. And one of them actually was the Matterhorn and just replaced the Yeti with Sweetums. Done, you know? <laughs> that would be uh, amazing. That would be good. I, I remember some of these, it's going to come back to me, but like I remember rebrand Animal Kingdom as Animal Kingdom, and it's all <laughs> animal themed. Uh, one of them was, uh, what's what's the, the big uh, golf ball looking thing? Uh, it, uh, wow. Like the, the, How the, dare the, you? Spaceship I'm, I'm tired. Earth. Leave me alone. So thank you. Thank you. Like, so basically, like spray paint it green and put a big uh, set of glasses on it, and it looks like Bunsen Honeydew. <laughs> right. That's good. Um, okay. So anyway, I had a bunch of ideas. I, I don't remember them all off the top of my head. Um, but separate from that, last year when Muppets Haunted Mansion came out, I got to do the press junket with uh, Miss Piggy, and I got to talk to her for like three minutes. And uh, in those three minutes, I pitched her on some uh, extra ideas. And of course, again, I don't remember them all, but I do remember I pitched her on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and did when she i go said for that to her, or did it make her upset well her reaction was like okay all right mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> which is which is also good but i but i ended it with what i thought was my the best one which was uh pigs in space mountain mm. and that's good. she said it, but she said joe do you really think that you're the only one to think of that <laughs> which, which really is telling me that Eric Jacobson knows, yes, we've been talking about Pigs in Space Mountain. I mean, yes. not that we should be writing Muppet spe- specials based on the title first, but also that's a really good one and we should just do it, right? That's really good. Yeah. Bring back Pigs in Space for like an hour long special where they go to Space Mountain. Space Mountain. I have, right? I have three pitches here, which I think are very good. <laughs> Uh, which I'd now like to read to you which guys. Listeners which listeners should been... know, you did, did not you have down? this pitch Yeah, I beforehand. was developing them during this conversation. Perfect. <sighs> All right. Uh, first one, I think this is a very strong idea for a special on Disney+. Plus. Muppet People Mover. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> okay, okay, here's the next one. Muppet Alien Encounter. <laughs> good, good, good. And um, last but not least, Muppet... Goofy 2 parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I do have a real one. I do have a serious one here. I do think, honestly, I'd love to see this. Muppet Small World, I think, would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Because you could make it some sort of caper-like globetrotting adventure with a bunch of Muppets that are representing different cultures. And I think that would be very fun. Would it, I think, yeah. Uh, would it be a tribute to all nations, but mostly America? <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing is I feel like um, with a special like that, especially with like the imagination 
that you know uh, of like Muppet Studio behind it, you could sort of right the wrongs of that ride. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of cool, I think. Can I tell you why I hate the idea of Muppets doing Small World? Is uh, <laughs> sure because I have a theory that uh, at the end of the Small World ride, when you're in the final room and they're all dressed in white and all the different nations are together, it means I think that, we talked about this everyone... when we went to Disneyland together. <laughs> We probably did. Well, it, 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 the ride ends with, like, yes, everyone dies, and we will be reunited yes. in the afterlife. So I don't want to go on a ride in which the Muppets all die. But then they end up in the Muppet Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Ah. You like Although, the Muppets uh, Haunted Mansion. That's true. And maybe, yeah, maybe they connect that way. Although, I guess, like, if you were to, like, say, rebrand, um, you know, like the Winnie the Pooh ride. With Muppets, where they also die and go to hell. Like, maybe that would be okay. I don't know. Let's no, just, no, 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 no. The, the Winnie the Pooh ride? No, it's the... Yeah, uh, don't think... The, Isn't it Mr. Toad's Mr. Toad. wild Mr. Toad. ride? Thank they you. all end up in hell. No, Winnie the Pooh, right. they, like, go they all, on, like, an acid They go on acid Yeah, there's a dream yeah. sequence in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to put the Muppets in, in Mr. Toad's thing, then they're going to go to hell. We're going to put the Muppets in Winnie the Pooh so they can go on an acid trip. We're going to put the Muppets in Snow White's Scary Adventure so they can also <sighs> die at the end because I'm pretty sure that's what, how that thing ends. I um, love Snow White's Scary Adventure. That is the best ride at Disneyland. It's so funny. <laughs> Sorry for the tangent, but it's such a great ride. <laughs> I just think that we should find more ways um, to uh, kill the Muppets. Uh, and with that, we're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, we'll talk some more about Muppet boobs. We'll see. Stick around. Hey, Muppet fans. This is Joe Hennis from toughpigs.com. And boy, do I have a treat for you. As you probably know, we've got a tea Public store filled with fun shirts that you'll love to wear all around your Muppet fan friends or even your non-Muppet fan friends. And we're always adding more exclusive designs. Joining me is one of our lead t-shirt designers, marketing expert and door-to-door salesman, Haviland P. Squill. Greetings and salutations. Haviland, what do you got for us? Joe, I am so glad you asked. Me too. Now, you can't use any official Muppet characters or properties in your designs, right? Yeah, that's correct. we got to be real careful about that. Which is why what you need is shirt designs that evoke the spirit of Jim Henson and his work. Yes, right. With no copyrighted material. Exactly. Now, let me float this one by you. We're going to have a nondescript, abstract figure of a man. It could be Jim Henson, but it could be anybody. We put a quote under it that sums up Jim Henson's philosophy. He was always saying, I think that people are basically good, and it's a good life. Enjoy it and all that stuff. We're going to boil it down, streamline it, Joe, and the new slogan for ToughPigs.com and all its t-shirts is, Life is good. Eh? You like that, Joe? You get it. You Uh, get it. Havlin, I gotta tell you, we, we can't use that. That's already a brand. Somebody already owns it. The Hensons beat us to it. No, no, no. I don't think it's the Hensons. Just somebody. I don't know who. It's it's just it's already out there. You want something that you can call your own. Yes. Good. We're on the same page then. You get it. You get it. Let me float this one by you. We're going to pull from a bunch of Jim Henson's ideas. We already talked about how he liked living. Let's build on that. The Muppets spread laughter. We're going to add laughing to the mix. The Muppets are a family. They love each other. The new slogan is live, laugh, love. Eh? You got it. You got no, it. You no, get no, no, it. no, 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 no. That's already a thing. We're not. Someone doing owns that. that? Well, I don't know if anyone owns it, but it's everywhere. It's in my mother's kitchen. No one associates that with Jim Henson or the Muppets. Well, maybe they should. 
No. Hey, listen, folks, we got a whole bunch of shirts you're going to love on our Tee Public. Some are logos for your favorite Muppet fan websites and podcasts. Some are quotes. Uh, we got one that's a clever reference to the monster at the end of this book. Joe, Joe, I'm going to stop you right there, Joe. I have a surprise for you. I want you to put on the shirt that I sent to you. You put on the sh- Oh, is that what this is? I wonder why I got a random yeah. shirt in the mail. Yeah, yeah, it's always me, Joe. Put it on, Joe. All right, all right, I'm putting it on, I'm putting it on. Gee, this is pretty comfortable. It's really yeah. nice. Uh, yeah. There aren't any words on it that belong to anyone else. Uh, there's just some doodles and neon colors. That's right. So what makes this recognizably a Jim Henson shirt? It explodes. <sighs> of course it does. Friends, visit our store. Welcome back, friends. Joe, what discussion question have you brought for us? Why are we here? Oh, that's such a great no, I question. No, I have a real question. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, with the uh, holidays coming up and, and gift shopping in full swing, it's becoming increasingly difficult to find good Muppet merchandise. Um, it's either because they're not making enough good stuff or because the best stuff is vintage and it's very hard to find. Uh, I'd love to know what bygone Muppet merchandise you would love to see come back and become available again. <laughs> Joe already why, knows my answer laughing? to Because Joe already knows my answer to this. Because we've had... What's your answer? <laughs> so when I was about four or five, my parents got me a Oscar the Grouch talking alarm clock. And uh, we were able to find a few on eBay. And I still have an eBay alert for it for myself to get a new one at some point and what the alarm clock did is uh the alarm was oscar going wake up wake up it's time for another horrible rotten day <laughs> which is so funny for a kid's alarm clock and i accidentally set it to go off at like 3 30 in the morning <laughs> And it woke me up at 3.30 in the morning, and I ran screaming to my parents' room, and it went right in the garbage. <laughs> and I've wanted another one ever since. Uh, so that's my Oscar's answer right there. Oscar's plan all along. Yes. <laughs> he wanted in that trash. He wanted in that trash, oh. yeah. <laughs> that's great. I mean, the thing that comes to mind are, I would love, like, the, the Muppet glasses from, where was it McDonald's, like, back in the day? I would love it if they did something like that again with, like, cool art, cool designs, and also no, what was in it? Was it lead? Lead paint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. lead paint. Yeah. Make them not like, toxic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I've got one or two that they're, they're just on display. We don't drink from them. But um, if they did something like that, either if they recreated them or just did like newer ones, but also similar cool art styles, um, I would probably buy all of them, honestly. That's a good answer. I, I always think about those Sigma porcelain Muppet mugs and, and piggy banks and like all this like amazing stuff that like Sigma made all these like weird kind of fancy, but also they're Muppets. So they're not at all fancy uh, merchandise that couldn't have been expensive. I mean, they must have been, I mean, they were mass produced. And I think most people I know have, you know, at least a couple of those mugs. And I, I recently got uh, as a gift, this huge, it's like a boat. It's maybe like 12 to 15 inches long with Kermit on one side and Piggy on the other side. And they're both rowing. And uh, it's kind of incredible that like, this is a thing that even exists. But um, 
it's also maybe incredible just because like it, it, they made a bunch of them in the 70s and 80s and then never again. But uh, I'd love to see some weird Muppet stuff like that come back. I think it would be nice if you could go into any toy store in America, if there are still toy stores in America, and see the Disco Kermit the Frog figure. That's what we all mm. want. Oh, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe, do you have it around? That's somewhere. Wait, I, I do. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna, I was going to say, you usually have this handy. Joe generally yeah, he... has this ready to go. Oh, look at Disco Kermit the Frog. <laughs> look, look at that. He's got a green afro. <laughs> and he's got like he's got chest hair, I think. Oh, oh my God. amazing! <laughs> yeah. Listeners, if you're driving right now, it doesn't matter. Get out your phone and start googling. Bring up a picture of Disco Kermit. I don't know if I've ever seen is... Disco Kermit before. Somehow. Yeah, I've never seen him. <laughs> a, he's quite is a he's porcelain lovely. doll. Mm-hmm. He's wearing like a white leather leisure leisure suit. Excuse me. Um, it's from the company Brass Key Keepsakes, uh, and he's beautiful, and I love him. When was he made? Yeah, I was going to ask. 2006. Oh, great. That's that's more recent than I thought at first, but then I saw the packaging on the back, and I thought that it was maybe more recent like that. But I love his afro. I love his his locks. Yeah. Was that by any chance while, when the Muppets were owned by that German holding company? Uh, EMTV. Uh, this would have been later than no, that. No, this would have been after that. This oh, is after okay. the Disney it purchase. Strikes, it just strikes me as a German holding. I don't know why. You know, it's, just... This is like Disney just like getting the Muppets and trying to figure out what the heck to do and with them. And they're like, oh my gosh, Disco Kermit the Frog, of course. <laughs> People still love Disco, obviously. Oh no, Disco's great. I love, this is not me insulting Disco. It's just, <laughs> it's just doesn't seem like a very 2006 choice. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. <laughs> okay, so, so just to, to go back then to the time when this would have been produced Michael Eisner is being forced out of the Walt Disney Company and on his way out snatches the Muppets <laughs> the thing that got away and it's already bad enough that he's saddling Bob Iger who he did not want to be his successor with the Muppets he adds on you have to release Disco Kermit the Frog figures yeah and that was his final flipping of the bird to uh, and Bob that's Iger why and the Disney Walt Disney went Company. bankrupt yep mm-hmm that's why we own Disney now. We bought it. Yeah, oh, Tough yes. Pigs bought Disney. <laughs> That's great. That's right. Uh, it's, so it's now com- Tough Pigs is Disney. There's a and there's a there's an apostrophe in there somewhere. <laughs> Completely unrelated. The next item on our agenda God, is so. down in Fraggle Rock or down at Fraggle Rock or as I like to sing it, down if Fraggle Rock. Uh, the Jim Henson Company has given us the gift of a new Fraggle Holiday Special as a surprise. Fourteenth episode of Back to the Rock. Uh, Joe, you've already done a whole podcast episode about this that people can listen to if they want to, but I'd love to hear from Julia and Louie. What did you think? I loved it. It was really sweet. I I love the new series so much, and it's got the same level of quality. I liked the new original song. It's nice to hear when when they bring back ones from the first show. It was Yeah, it was really sweet. It was really beautiful. Um, I I also listened to the the Tough Pigs podcast today where they discussed it more in depth. It was Joe, it was you, Anthony, and Beth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is correct, and I, it's right here on this podcast channel, by the way. If anyone yes. else wants to listen to it, fully recommend. It's it's a great episode. Um, I agree that I I missed uh, Lily Cooper. Um, I think that y'all made some good points about probably why she was not present for the filming, but I love her as Doc so much, so it would have been nice to see her and Sprocket also enjoy the lights. And I loved Coop. Also, I was very <laughs> bummed that he did not come back later in the episode. Everybody's favorite. 
He was Everybody so great. Kim? He made he made us laugh so much, and then we were so disappointed that he didn't have a resurgence at some point. <laughs> Remember his name. They're going to bring him back in the next holiday special. Yeah. <laughs> he better get a whole episode if they get a season two, is all I'm saying. I hope they rename it The Coop Show. <laughs> Coop Rock. Back to Coop Rock. <laughs> Although, is Coop Rock too close to Cop Rock? Oh no! Also, also a musical. Nothing's too close to Cop Rock because Cop Rock's wonderful. <laughs> it is in a league of its own. I didn't get to watch the special because uh, I currently don't have an Apple TV Plus subscription, so I need to get on that. But I, I mean, I do just want to say that all the episodes of Back to the Rock that I've seen, I think, are just really, really wonderful. And we've been talking a lot about sort of the struggle of the Muppets during this podcast. And I actually think that should take a lot of cues from the new Fraggle Rock series. Yeah. So do do you love uh, the new Fraggle Rock series enough to say buy Fraggle Rock NFTs? (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, It is the big question, right? (laughs) A good segue. Yeah. So after the Fraggles just gave us a whole season of television about, you know, the environment about like pollution they are now kind of contributing to a sort of pollution with the the release of fraggle nfts this is a real thing uh we've been afraid this was coming for a while i made a cheeky joke about it in the last episode of this podcast without knocking on wood my apologies but i'm wondering (laughs) is there any way to stop it is there anything we can do well i don't know what platform they're building their nfts on because some of them are terrible for the environment and some some uh web3 platforms aren't too awful for the environment um so you know that's something that that i'm wondering if like when henson decided to do this if they were like we need to create something that's sustainable or if they didn't really care i doubt i doubt that they were thinking that far ahead into into something like this especially because like it takes so long to get this kind of deal off the ground it's like they've probably been working on this for the last year or so or more Mm -hmm. but uh it's it's really disappointing for a lot of reasons that Henson would decide to do this, especially because it's such a, a a dying platform. Like, I don't think people really are investing in NFTs anymore. And if they are, it really kind of feels like money laundering, in my opinion. I don't know. But like, it's and it's also the question of like, who's this for? Like, I don't think Fraggle fans want this. And if it's not for Fraggle fans, then you should make other Fraggle merch that Fraggle fans do want to buy. Well, I, I think it's for these tech guys that have a lot of money to spend and look at these as an investment. And uh, I think that's sort of why NFTs are existing in this space for a lot of entertainment properties. And I don't think that that's necessarily great, but I also don't think that it's great that there's an entire industry that's determining people's well-being that's completely unregulated right now. So maybe oh, the well, Fraggles yeah. are just falling victim to the uh, absolute horrors of late-stage capitalism, as are we all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the thought of not really knowing who this was for as well, just because I wasn't sure if those tech bros that are buying up all the NFTs would be interested in Fraggle Rock NFTs. I mean, I know so little about NFTs and don't really wish to learn more um, based off of what I do know. But... Um, <laughs> I went and read the the Tough Pigs article written by uh, this guy named Joe Hennis last night, and it was like, who? 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 Tis the I season don't know. to be jolly and Joe Hennis, you know, <laughs> um, to to get a little bit more information. And on some level, I understand the money grabness, but I I feel like there are better ways to to do it than get on the NFT train. And 
I think something that we're feeling sort of as fans is that like all that NFT means, like the definition is that it's something that's printed on a, you know, a non-fungible token. But all that means is that it's proprietary to whoever buys it. Like it doesn't need to be an image. Like it could be anything. It could be a media file. It could be a resume. You know, they're used in that way. Like it's just a way to be proprietary about something and to like give certain attributes to the way that you're programming this NFT. So like, I think that images and trading them around like they're trading cards or like original art pieces, it's just like a really boring use of the, of the application. So it's like, I think that's, that's the big question. Like, who are they for? It's like, yeah, like who are these unique digitized pictures of the fraggles for? Like, that's just very uninteresting. And, and I mean, look, I, 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 I play Pokemon go. And I can trade Pokemon with any of my friends who also play Pokemon Go. And that doesn't seem to be nearly as bad for the environment or questionable. And there's no money exchanging hands. It's just like, I can trade pictures. I do it all the time. Uh, and I don't know. I feel like that's has, that has little to do with what they're actually trying to accomplish, which is a money grab. Um, and, and, you know, like Julia said, you know, it's not... Like, I mean, I understand why they need money. We all do, as even big production companies. But this just feels like a. I, I wish that they were looking for other ways to to recoup some investment, uh, other than something that makes everyone go, "Why are you doing this?" Yeah, Muppet fans don't strike me as the kind of folks that want to buy NFTs to begin with. Also, so yeah. Yeah, the Muppets don't look enough like really stupid drawings of apes. <laughs> Also, we love fungi, and if something is non-fungiable, then <laughs> yeah, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, I don't want it. Gonzo wouldn't want it. Stan Lee wouldn't want it. Friends, we're nearing the end of the episode, which means we've come to the part I've been worrying about this whole time. Um, how do we talk about death on what's supposed to be a fun Muppet podcast where we're making cheeky jokes? Uh, can we end on this note without sobbing? Will I be able to find a way to transition out of this discussion once we enter into it? I don't know, but I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the passing of Sesame Street's Bob McGrath, who left us on December 4th. Uh, after becoming a popular singer on Sing Along with Mitch in the 1960s, he became quite a famous singer in Japan and then played Bob on Sesame Street for 50 years, continued to record albums, wrote two children's books, received the, uh, received the Saskat Saskatchewan Distinguished Service Award in 2013. That's true. Uh, this is real. And went skydiving out of a plane at the age of 82. An amazing guy. I love Bob dearly. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Would anyone like to share any memories of Bob McGrath? No? Um, okay, I, I can cut this whole part if I need to. <laughs> I don't know. No, we should leave this in. Yeah. Okay, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, uh, I was opening up the floor to Joe because Joe knew him best. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I, Julia. I just, did you meet him ever? No, I was. In. I was literally. I was. I figured maybe Joe would be the last of us to go because I know Joe has met Bob like several times. Um, I never had the pleasure of meeting Bob, although we were friends on Facebook, which is really cool. Um, but I, I love so much of the human cast of Sesame Street, um, and Sesame Street is the glaring hole in my Muppet fandomness as an adult now. But I grew up with it, obviously, and even like going back and rewatching the clips, Bob's always been one of my favorite humans on the show. Um, Everything with um, him and Linda, I believe the the actress mm -hmm. or the character's name was with um, doing sign language between the two of them oh, is Linda. always really nice. Um, you know, um, 
I don't know. I, I was thinking a lot this week about the Give Me Five song, um, which is a, a great segment. Um, you know, his, him getting like choked up when they're talking to Big Bird about Mr. Hooper's passing is also something that's always really touched me. And he lived he lived a really long, good life, and so this is like the best possible outcome. You know, if if you it is the time to pass away, but at the yeah. same time, it's it's sad nonetheless. Yeah, I met Bob twice. The first time, I believe I was three or four. Oh. And it was at one of his concerts. And I remember waiting in line and having one of his records and having him sign it for me. And then I met him again a few years ago at the Sesame Street 50th anniversary street naming ceremony that Joe was so kind to invite me to to do some work for Tough Pigs for. And um, when I re-met Bob there, I said to him, this isn't the first time I've met you. I met you when I was four years old at one of your concerts. And without missing a beat, he went, oh, my God, yeah, I remember you. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny. (laughs) So genuinely funny. (laughs) He went like, yeah, of course. I know. I remember you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, I, I think that something that was really amazing about early Sesame Street is that the creators found such a unique balance of elements and I think that it's like would be a really really unfair to um, not count the live action cast as part of that and they just had such an incredible eye for casting and Bob was such a clear performer and was so versatile he was really funny and uh, he was so wonderfully musical, which is probably why they cast him. And he always felt so natural with the Muppets, just like so incredibly at home with them pretty much from the beginning. I mean, I feel like the early Sesame Street performers were the ones that really set the aesthetic for the show. And I think that he actually was a big part of that. I, I said this uh, in social media, but I, I I feel really lucky that he helped raise me, and um, I, I think we're we're really lucky that we were part of a generation that got to enjoy him on TV because I think that he was a really really warm presence to have in our lives as children. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I could talk about Bob for an hour on this podcast. You guys, you guys com- are comfortable, right? You want to listen to this for another hour? You've um, got a minute. We're running long, Joe. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, uh, Bob uh, as a character on television, like Louis said, like, I mean, he raised me. You know, he was one of those neighbors and friends that, you know, helped teach me my ABCs and one, two, threes. And, and that, he'll always have a special place in my heart for that. But <clears throat> in um, more recent years, I... I have spent a significant amount of time with Bob, either through Tough Pigs or through Sesame or through um, seeing him at events, uh, you know, Museum of the Moving Image or whatever it is. This, for me, was the first person, um, like, in the Muppet world, you know, through through that I've met through my work at Tough Pigs, uh, who it wasn't just like, oh, man, I love their work so much and, and now they're gone. Uh, it's like, no, no, this was my friend has passed away. And, um, you know, to Julia's point, you know, he was 90. Uh, we had a great run with him. He accomplished so much. My God, skydiving at 82. It doesn't get any better than that. 
And, uh, you know, we got to celebrate him while he was here. We got to spend time with Bob as a 90-year-old and tell yeah. him, you know, like, thank him for, for everything he's done and for him to, like, be cognizant enough to be able to say, like, thank you. And I feel like we're all very lucky to have had that time with him. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously very sad that he's gone. I'm sad that I won't get to see my friend anymore. Um, but I really just very happy that um i got to know bob while he was here and um you know that we get to celebrate him now you know that like this is such a i hate to say like when, when folks from our world pass away it's a great opportunity to take some time and really look back and showcase what made them great and i'd like to say we should you know we should be doing that more often while they're here and, and i like to think that we do a good amount but really like having a lot of time to just like look at all this great Bob content and for everyone to talk about how great he was on screen and off screen. Bob McGrath was exactly who you wanted him to be. He was a great, That's a really good point. kind human, human being. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we get to, we get to talk about that now with, you know, because everyone's listening. Um, you know, the, the world is talking about Bob uh, at, a, at a time when, they outside of our world, they really hadn't been for a while. And um, we're going to use that platform to remind everybody that Bob McGrath was great. He was, he was the best of us. Yes. And, and I'd argue that the world could always use more Bob. Always. Panelists, friends, it's been wonderful having the three of you here on this panel. And I hope to have each of you back sometime in the future until then. I want to know where our listeners can find you and follow what you're up to. Louie, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow me or find me at louieperlman.com, uh, at louie4711 on Instagram. And you can find me at louie4711 at pettingzoo.co on Mastodon. Great. I keep wondering, do I need to go ahead and make socials in on all of the other places? Because it's clear... <laughs> I, I don't think I want to be on Twitter much longer. I don't know if I'll have the choice. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh, my. Julia, where can people find you on the internet? Most social media sites, you can find me at Geek Girl Grown Up. I did finally create a website, which is just juliagaskill.com. Um, soft plug, I did have a book of poetry come out this year that has nothing to do with the Muppets. But if you like poetry, uh, go to that website and you can get more information. And then you can also find me occasionally on Tough Pigs writing about the Muppets. Awesome. Awesome. And that's everybody. And now a moment of spontaneous applause for our <laughs> JD, uh, Joe, Joe, JD. Where, where can people find you on the internet? I'm right here, man. I know. Where, where can on. people find you on the internet, Joe? I wonder if it'll be toughpigs.com. You know, it sure is, my friend. It's toughpigs.com. It's toughpigs on Facebook. It's toughpigs on Twitter. It's toughpigs on Instagram. It's toughpigs on TikTok. It's toughpigs on literally Mastodon. anything you can find toughpigs. It's toughpigs on Mastodon. It's toughpigs on... What's the other one that people are doing that I keep forgetting? Hive? On? Uh, Hive. It's toughpigs on Hive, man. Hive's where it's at? I don't know. We're, <laughs> well, wherever also, there's I'm, a social I'm, media I'm site, it's going to be toughpigs. I'm back on the geeky hellscape that is Tumblr, and uh, it is such a treat, and I highly recommend it, and uh, it's great. (laughs) Maybe I've got to pull my Tumblr out of the woodwork. Yes, Julia, join me. (laughs) That's how I met so many Tough Pigs folks, like before I joined with Tough Pigs, yeah. That's how we got to know you. I believe the first thing Mm -hmm. we did was say, hey, do you want to run our Tumblr? And you said no. (laughs) 
Hilarity was running a Muppet Tumblr back in the day, and I was like, it would just be the same content on both platforms. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't want to do social media at all. I just want to convince other people to do it for me. Are you running the TikTok? Um, I sure am. I've done one whole TikTok. (laughs) And I have a list of ideas for more TikToks to do. you got to find some young, tough pigs. To, to do it I know that you asked all the staff and we all were like we're too old we don't want to we don't know what oh to, yeah what to do yep. nobody nobody wants to do this and I don't blame them but you know it, it, we're all jumping ship from Twitter at some point I, it sounds like I don't know we keep saying yeah. goodbye to Twitter and Twitter still keeps hanging around so we'll see and uh, I'm also my personal account uh, I'm Joe Hennis on Twitter for now and I'm tough pigs Joe on Instagram two places where I never post anything <laughs> So go ahead and follow me. Or don't. That's fine too. What if what if within the next year we end up announcing that the newest members of the Tough Pig staff are twelve year olds? Because we need someone who knows what to do with these new social networks. I think that would be nice. <laughs> there have gotta be twelve year olds that really like the Muppets. I mean maybe. I don't know. How let's do the math. How long has the new Muppet Babies been or when did that start? That was like uh, five twenty eighteen, I thought. Years ago. So four years? it's it's possible. It, it's very possible. It's like four years. We're not hiring four year olds, JD. That's no, illegal. I'm I'm saying if someone was like eight watching Muppet Babies, then now they could be twelve and running a TikTok. I don't know. All right, so if there's if there's any any young people who are listening to this podcast who are Joe, like I could run the Tough Pigs TikTok, send me send me an email Joe, Joe at toughpigs.com. Let's talk. No, it's too late. I put my email address at the Joe, bottom. Joe, you of the will article. get it's serious like responses from people who think you actually mean this. No, I do mean this, JD. I'm being 100 percent serious. I don't. I don't. And, th- you don't want messages from 12 year olds, Joe. I'm not, I don't want to mess I didn't say 12 year olds okay <laughs> young young people people who are younger than young me person? that's give a me large a edit this all right. out <laughs> give me no keep it all in get, no, what's the number leave this in JD no I, I would say I, in all seriousness if there was someone who is an actual adult so like over 18 I'm not dealing with high schoolers here because that's I feel like that's weird if you're over 18 uh, and between 18 and 40, I'm 40 years old. If you're between 18 and 40 and you're like, I could do more Muppet stuff on social media and I could work for free and I'm kind of cool. Okay. Don't forget about, don't worry about the last part. None of us are cool. Um, (laughs) Then, then like, Hey, let's, let's talk about what you could potentially do with us. But uh, also I'm, I probably won't hire you. (laughs) I'm very protective of the tough things. This is the thing is like, Joe, we know this all ends with you having to reject people. You're very particular. I am particular, but also I'm not that particular because I got you on the team, JD. Ayo! Fair enough. Oh, boy. <laughs> and now, a moment of spontaneous applause for our panel of Muppet experts. Thank you. If you enjoyed this program, we hope you'll consider supporting us on Patreon. Thank you to those of you who do so now. Uh, give us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. This Tough Pigs Muppet Fan Podcast was executive produced by the Tough Pigs Muppet Fan Podcast executive producer, Joe Hennis. Thanks to Kenny Durkin for our artwork. Uh, it still makes me super freaking happy. Uh, I'd also like to give a special thanks to Frank Oz, because it's always a good time to appreciate Frank. For ToughPigs.com, this is J.D. Hansel reminding you, as I always do, you'll never get out of the cube. Goodbye!
the uh, opening murmurs, the opening <laughs> rambling bit. Uh, Joe, I know you said that you had one ready to go. Cool. I wrote this specifically because I wanted to read it in front of Julia. Here we go. <clears throat> I've always thought that Muppets should evolve like Pokemon. Let's see what happens when Robin the Frog evolves, gains a fancy collar, and suddenly gets the special moveset to host variety shows. Or maybe Muppets are already evolving. Did Waldo spend 25 candies to become Walter? And then did Walter spend another 100 to become Waldorf? Although, that feels like a complete reversal of the way that we think of Pokemon evolutions. So, maybe Muppets can de-evolve? Why, why won't Scooter return my texts? Is he mad at me? Did, did something happen? We were just hanging out last week. Like, I thought we were friends, but like, is he ghosting me? Like, what's going on here? Scooter, he's like, he's like my fave. Like, Gonzo's okay and everything, but like, if things aren't cool between me and Scooter, like, I really might have to make things right. I don't know. Maybe I should buy him like a PS3 or something. Is that too much? Does he even like gaming? Oh no, I'm really overthinking this. I mean, but it's been a day and he's left me on red. Scooter, my man, what what's going on, Scooter? So Bobby Benson definitely stole those babies, right? Like, there's no way that he didn't steal those babies. He's such a creepy man. And where did he even get all of those babies? Did he, like, do a drive-by by a daycare and just take them? If I had a baby and Bobby Benson was near, I would not trust him. Not in a hundred years. That man is sketch. He stole those babies. Period. That's it. Yay. <laughs> all right. Everybody's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> 